your brow today takes everything you got Taking a break from brown girl worries Let's all drink up a shot Wouldn't you like to get away? Grab your phone and download the Budge Up Podcast right away So they keep us entertained You wanna be where you can see Problemas are all the same Assimilation where butchers put all the blame You wanna be where you can see Problemas are all the same Assimilation where butchers put all the blame Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And Charlene, not going to lie, I'm still kind of rolling on a high after our Weedy Weedy with um, <sighs> Sofia Segovia. Can you believe we did that interview? I, I can't. And we I have can't. A, we have a YouTube channel. I'd say slap me to see if it's real, but you probably would slap me, so... <laughs> I'm kind of far away from you and currently incapacitated. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> you'll now have to explain. I was going to leave that out, but now that you've opened that Pandora's box... <sighs> So what happened? Well, exactly. This morning, I thought I was gonna be all cute and go snuggle with my little girl. And she has a bunk bed, so she was on the top bunk. So I climb in the top bunk with her, and whatever. Then it was just done. You know, snuggle time's over. So I hop out of the bed, all cool and agile and fantastic, right onto <laughs> a fucking toy. <laughs> Like, it hurts. I, I was literally writhing on the floor in pain. She's like, Mom, are you okay? No! And she just kind of stared at me. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. It hurt so bad. And then it kind of, like, like it kind of went away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that's because maybe it went numb. <laughs> <laughs> so then hours go by. And, you know, I'm trying to entertain her. And we go do things and go shopping, go walk around a little bit. And like an hour in, I'm like, I cannot do this. My foot is hurting so bad. I've got to take off my shoe. So we get home. I take off my shoe. I have, well, you saw it. It's like a quarter-sized blood blister on the bottom of my foot. On your heel, no less. It's disgusting. And it, I mean, it hurts to put any kind of pressure on it. I was like, I was trying to ice it. Even the ice was hurting. Well, at this point, I'm like, do you need a wheelchair? What? Seriously, (laughs) it hurts so bad. And I feel, I feel a little stupid. I mean, we've all stepped on a Lego here or there. I thought about that. This is like the Lego from hell that punches back or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fucking hurts, man. So yes, I'm. I'm not moving from here. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> to slap you or otherwise. <laughs> well, then I can say all the things I want <laughs> the in things. this episodio, and we are on episodio 26. Mm. Yes. Um, and, um, oh, and because of, uh, Sofia Segovia being on in our weedy weedy, and if you haven't heard it, please Mm -hmm. press pause, go back. Um, I was like, man, maybe we need a book club because now we're starting to get other, Mm -hmm. um, emails from publishers who would like, would you like to read this book? Yes. Which is interesting. And, you know, I would love to hear from our listeners if they, uh, if they're interested in that, if you all feel like you want a book club, cause we talked about it with Murmur of Bees cause we just love that book and we're right. like, everyone must read this. Mm-hmm, and then we need mm-hmm. to talk about it. Um, but I don't know. In- well, interesting. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll be underwritten by a publishing company for us to read and talk about. That would be great. Hit yes. us up. Mm-hmm. podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> shameless plug we're also recording this episodio right before mother's day so by the time you hear this mother's day will already have passed mm-hmm. um so happy mother's day to you charlene yeah. and to mm-hmm. our listeners in whatever capacity mother's day means to them back at you yes it it can get complicated right some people uh don't have good relationships with their moms or their moms are no longer with us or they never knew their mom Um, Or you've lost a child. There's just so many different complexities to it. So many complexities. Whatever it means to you and whether celebrating is a thing or not. Because sometimes it's just not. It's just not. I saw an interesting take. um, Ofrenda Magazine, who we also love, Mm -hmm. had a 
um, had some articles out about that very specific thing. If Mother's Day isn't your thing, we invite you to celebrate Mother Earth. Oh, nice. Which is kind of a lovely sentiment. I like that. I Plant do too. a tree, yeah. do something. Mm-hmm. Madre Tierra. I thought that was, that's a good, I like it. Well, I, um, I got advanced copies of my Mother's Day gift. <laughs> <laughs> so it came in the mail and our executive producer was excited to get me, to, for me to open it and see what it was. <gasps> and oh my God, Charlene. What'd oh you get? my God, Charlene. What'd you get? So, you know, you're fam- you're familiar with the Loteria cards, the Mexican Loteria cards, yes. like mm-hmm. La Estrella. So she found and acquired for me Loteria cards that are in the theme of Blood In, Blood Out, Found <laughs> By Honor. <laughs> yes. And I'm so fucking excited to play. Is Miklo one of the cards? It, he is. He's Los Vatos Locos. Hell yes. And there's El Gallo Negro. There's El Pintor. One of my favorites is El Jefe, who is the jefe in charge at the at the prison, um, the head of that of the Brown Gang. She also got me a Loteria set for the Dodgers. You are spoiled. I am very spoiled. And you know what I got her? She's already she's already received her Mother's Day gift. I figured if she gave me mine, I might as well give hers early. So she, she's a baker, right? And um, when you're doing pies, sometimes you have to do what's called blind bake. So you... What does that mean? So you get you make the crust, you put it in the pie Is pan. it like the voice where you... <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't see anyone. And then all of a sudden, ta-da, those pies is... Kind of. So, uh, so you make the crust. And before you put the filling in it to bake it, you bake the, the crust first. But you have to put something in there to weigh it down, right? Oh, because it bubbles, right? It'll get bubbly. Right. So they make these things that they're like ceramic beads that are just, I don't know what they're called, like balls. I don't know. Whatever. Ceramic balls. Pie balls. I don't know. (laughs) So I got her some of those, but ask me why. Why did she? Because she using my damn Loteria beans to (laughs) to do the blind bake, so. Why is it called? This is so confusing. I need to talk about this. Okay, go. Why is it called a blind bake? I actually have no damn idea. I only know that term because we watch the British, the Great British Baking Show. Do they so, only call it that in Britain? No, no. Oh. I don't know. I, I have no idea. That and is. I'm looking at the executive producer for, to help me from drowning in this particular question, and she has no idea either. This is very bizarre to me. Maybe it's because you are baking it without its filling, and so it's kind of blind. I don't I don't know. Maybe what? no tiene lentes. I don't know. They don't call donuts without filling blind donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's just weird. You're dumb. <laughs> okay. Before we get into this episodio, um, Charlene, I do want to give a shout out to Mad Rabbit Tattoo um, Products. And Ooh. here's why. So before we were uh, recording the episodio, we had gone to see one of our kiddos um, playing in their out or competing in their outdoor sport. Mm-hmm. And um, in the Southwest, in the borderlands, it's incredibly hot and sunny. Fucking hot. So, of course, the only thing I thought of protecting was my tattoo. And Ooh. I had purchased the, the <laughs> Mad Rabbit sunscreen for tattoos. Mm-hmm. And I put it on my tattoo. And if you... Maybe oh. I'll take a picture to post online, but if wow, if you look, it protected the tattoo so well that it is not burnt on my wow. tattoo, but the rest of the damn arm is burnt. So mad props to Mad Rabbit Tattoo because they really did. It works. It works. It's 15% zinc oxide. I mean, it, apparently it's 15% zinc oxide, but it works. Well, there you go. So I'm glad I invested. I so you have a very well-preserved tattoo. Just the tattoo, the rest of the arm is fucked. It's going to be leather. <laughs> it's fine. Now that, and this is a good reminder. Now that we're getting into the sunny oh. uh, time of year. Wear please, your sunscreen. Wear your, don't, don't, be a, don't pull a cat. Wear even, your damn sunscreen. Even black and brown people, you can get skin cancer. Wear your sunscreen. I guess it's called uh, blind baking because you use your nose. It's French. Oh, it's fr- pinchy French. Um, apparently it's French. You use your nose. So thus blind relates to the meaning of determining baking time. What? I don't know. 
You know what? These? She has. Remember, we were talking about um, what we did in in COVID times and when we were purchasing. And I was like, yes, but Amazon, love it or hate it, you can go through and check to see other people's mm-hmm. um, wish lists. That's where I got the idea. She had it on her wish list to get this very specific ceramic ball for her blind baking. Well, so that's, uh, we're now caught up on our life before Episodio 26. But what are we talking about today, Kat? So this Episodio is largely about trabajo. Mm. So we'll be talking a, a, two, a couple different pieces about work, work life, work mm-hmm. ethic, mm-hmm. work overload. Mm. And out in our Que Hay de Nuevo, May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Month. It is. So just uh, doing a little, not even a deep dive, we're going to just dip our toes into API uh, Heritage Month for the Que Hay de Nuevo. I like it. So first, trabajo. And this first piece, this first um, part of trabajo to talk about, I had actually seen a column in um, a Chicago paper. I'm not, I don't quite remember if it was like the Chicago Times or whatever, but Mm -hmm. there was a column in there about, or that was written by a gentleman of Latina heritage. Mm -hmm. And his parents immigrated, in his column he talks about how his parents immigrated and they were undocumented. Um, and so he and his siblings are what he described, self-described as anchor babies. Right. So they were born in the U.S., but his parents were of differing documented status, right? Mm. And one of his siblings, he's the oldest, the, the person who wrote the column is, the, uh, is one of the eldest, and one, his youngest sibling had mentioned wanting to join or to uh, apply for a job with Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. And Mm. so that, in the column, he's talking about the complexities of an immigrant family with parents who had undocumented statuses. Sure. And one of the kids um, was going to, was thinking about being employed by one of the law enforcement entities of the United States that on a regular deals with people who are immigrating mm-hmm. and who, you know, largely have to turn away, arrest, um, you know, what, depending on the circumstance or what have you, immigrants. Mm-hmm. And it was a very fascinating column because I related to mm-hmm. it. It resonated with me because my father, um, and, and I'll, I'll be incredibly clear here that at the time that my father worked for U.S. Customs, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol were very separate entities. Mm -hmm. U.S. Customs was under the Department of Treasury. So basically when you're crossing over from one border or another, Canada, Mexico, or flying in internationally, they ask you if you have anything that you need to pay taxes for. Sure. That's the part of you. That's U.S. Customs. Like, Mm -hmm. are you bringing anything over that you need to pay a tariff? Mm -hmm. Border Patrol is... Are you coming in with the status that is legal for the United States? Are you a citizen? Do you have a visa? Right. Do you have the permission to be here? Right. So um, it resonated because my father worked for U.S. Customs for many years mm-hmm. and actually had, when, when my brother and I were going to college and after my brother graduated, my father was like, well, you know, the Border Patrol pays well. Why don't you apply? Mm. And it was a very fascinating thing um to read this column right and to hear from the person who wrote the column why this was so complex to them right and then to have that also kind of as a part of my history where and I did have a conversation with my father about it that Mm -hmm. you know he was like right after I graduated from NMSU he, he said well why don't you apply for border patrol and I was like Mario, I would be letting people in, like, left and right. Like, what the fuck? Like, Oye, primo! Right? Like, I don't, you know, whatever. There's a coupon for Peter Piper. Why would I want to work for that institution that right. deals directly with people that look like me, that are like my mom, like, are like my family? That are us. That are us. Sure. And that I might even see family members. Sure. Real. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but for my father's point of view, it's, it's a good paying job. Right. And that was one of the things that was mentioned in the column was that when the, the author, and I, you know, honestly, I can't off the top of my head remember what the author's name was, but when the author was talking about it, he had mentioned that um, 
in 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 discussions with his sibling um the sibling was like damn like the pay range is really good exactly so you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this and so i started i i don't have that in my history or my family or or relatives um but there was a super interesting article that came out in usa today like in back in 2019 but the same thing so the author is is of latino descent and is considering of course like why would why would latinos take these jobs do they hate themselves do they hate their heritage mm-hmm, are they mm-hmm. looking for this proximity to whiteness by denying their heritage um what is it and it all came down to money it came down to money benefits taking care of your own taking care of your family being mm-hmm, able to mm-hmm. provide and you think about where are those jobs in border towns what yeah. do you have in border towns brown people, poor people, high levels of poverty, low opportunities often. So the draw is even greater. So if you love your family, which is a cultural thing that we stick to, and you want to take care of them, and that looks like an opportunity. It's the same reason we have a lot of black, brown, BIPOC people in the military. Same thing. You, Miho, get your college paid for. Like how many times have you mm-hmm. heard that? Mm-hmm. And so our people go into the military because... It's the way. Agreed, agreed. It, it, and so from, in my father's situation, he was a full-time teacher mm-hmm. in the El Paso Independent School District. And then he worked nights like graveyard shift with U.S. Customs at the border. Because teachers get paid shit. Because teachers, <laughs> yes, because teachers get paid shit. Mm-hmm. And so this was an extra way to help, you know, um, support the family, sure. pay your mortgage, all yep. of the things, get that American dream. So for me, it wasn't just whether or not to get the job. Because I understand, especially in an economy that we're in right now, where it's like we're coming off of, and we're not even fully off of a pandemic. Mm, yeah. Jobs, um, you know, can be few and far between, especially depending on where you live. Um, so all of the things. Like that's, that's that by itself, getting a job, being employed, providing for yourself and or a family that's incredibly complex already right Mm -hmm. but once you get the job then it becomes yes you've got you're 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 doing your part to 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 be supportive of yourself and other and or others but how do you act within the confines of that job yes because he would and i can't specifically remember i also can't ask him otherwise because he's passed on right sure but he had mentioned how he treated people, not how he treated people, but how he, how he sorted people coming over the border as to whether he thought they were lying or not about mm-hmm. things that they were carrying over. Wow. And, it, and my interpretation of what he said about how he sorted people coming over was incredibly racist. Mm-hmm. So... My view, and I get it, he, he's not here to defend himself, so this is just my memories, my recollections of this of our conversations, but my view is, as a brown man working in this position, you are admitting to having your own internal biases Absolutely. about who is coming over and who is likely to... Mm-hmm be lying specific specific to his realm which which was tariffs on things on goods and goods coming over and that was just that was hard to not comprehend but very hard to settle or I I don't know how to articulate it but it was it was just very hard for me to like comprehend Mm -hmm. in in a complex world of like but if you were on the other side, you would be the person you're pulling over based on what you've said of who you pull over. Well, and it's this, yes. And it, so I, in, in what I was going back and reading, there were a couple of things. Like one of them was certainly people convincing themselves that they were doing harm reduction. Like I would rather have me there who gets it who has family in Mexico, who is brown, who speaks Spanish, who can empathize, and who can sort out the bad seed, right? Like, there's this ego part that comes in. And 
I'm going to help by making sure that it's not this completely racist white counterpart that also has this job who wants to throw everybody into a cage. So there's this level for, for many of the agents that were interviewed in um, some of these articles that they were doing some, some type of harm reduction. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a lot. So there was a, a study done, and I mean, and this is old data at this point, but 2015, Latinos make up 78% of the ICE workforce in El Paso. Wow. They uh, are a huge, per- there's a, a disproportionate percentage that are Border Patrol. A lot of that comes with language, but a lot of it comes because of that stable job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. draw. Benefits, right. retire, yeah, all that, all that is there. So it's, um, one of my mom's prim- uh, primas married a gentleman who just retired from border mm-hmm. patrol. Mm-hmm. And, and I still, it's still like, I don't know how I would react because I'm not wearing a badge at, that was not my career path, mm-hmm. but I don't know how. I would react to individuals who are coming over because even within my family and I'll, I'll, I'll go specifically to my mom's side because that's the, the immigrant most recent immigrant family. Right. There are undertones of, but I got here the right way, Mm -hmm. the quote unquote right way. Well, because if you don't believe in that, your job is meaningless. Um. If you're working that system, and you don't believe there's a quote-unquote right way, then why do you even have a job? Mm. The other thing that struck me as interesting was um, there was this idea that, like, even if even if you were well-intentioned, like, I'm going to be the harm reduction guy. I'm going to be out there. And, and I say guy, but there are women. We know there right. are women in the Border mm-hmm. Patrol, too. I'm going to be that harm reduction person because I speak Spanish, because I get it, because there's immigrants in my family history, maybe very recent family history, as in your case. Like, I get it. Um, But then they get in there, and the culture of that agency does not support that, like, I'm here to help. It's punitive. It's detrimental it's putting children in cages and separating them from their families and how do you then at that point you're a cog like how do Mm. you fight a system that's telling you no this is your job you signed on to this and then you have the whole like well shit I have six years to retire and you know my kids and my family and and how do I make ends meet it would be stupid to walk away your morals and the need to survive are at, you know, are at odds. And how do you, how do you make amends with that? All good points. One of the things in, in thinking about this topic, um, and I'll parallel it to when females get into, not all obviously, but when some females get into law enforcement, it's almost like they have to prove themselves. Right. Exactly. And so how much of Latina individuals who are in these occupations maybe go in with a, I'm doing harm reduction, but then have to fall into this, like I'm proving myself and aligning myself more with white supremacy. And so then you become the asshole behind the badge who's treating people worse, you know? Which is in essence your job. Yeah. Yeah, it's shitty. And and it makes me wonder, and that detachment, right? Like, now I have to detach. Now I went in for one thing, but I can't keep doing this job and have this, like, harm reduction, I'm going to save people and help people kind of philosophy. So I'm going to just detach and just my job is my job and pretend that that shit doesn't exist. And and you know what? And it's complicated. I don't, I don't mean to... Um, I know there's a there are a lot of attitudes about abolishing certain systems like this and and I'm not as a person who grew up in the borderland as a person who knows what making a decent wage means what a ret- actual retirement means as a person who grew up with parents who worked in systems not that system but systems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was told like this is the way to stability not not thriving not 
wealth, not generational wealth, but stability, which is a very different thing, um, it's appealing. And, and your moral compass, sometimes moral compass and f- putting food on the table, that fight is, is a hard fight. And, and that's just real. Absolutely. Agreed. And that, that brings me, my, my thought process on that is like, there is the stability, almost like survival mode, right? Like you're yep. just trying to put food on the table. Thriving is something completely different. And then following a passion is something completely different. Like that there's sometimes no room for you to be able to, but, but I want to be a painter or I want to be yes. insert here. Yeah, bro. If your passion is putting brown people in cages, you're a puto and you don't deserve <laughs> any kind of stability, yes. no kind of nothing. Like you're yes. a puto done. Yes. Yeah. Whew. God, no, it got all serious. I know, right? I need That's a wine heavy. refill. Get the right wine refill. Shit. While you're refilling, I'll remind people that you are listening to the Bocha podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. And this is Episodio 26, episode 26. And largely our episodio is about trabajo. So one something that connects one to the other is... No, no, I love it. That's I, I really <laughs> was getting a wine refill for those of you that heard that. I'm not peeing or anything. Forgot to take off my headphones in the bathroom. It's actually a wine refill. Not that I would judge anyway, but there's something that ties between our trabajo kind of topics. So moving from like Latine in those industries in you uh, border patrol, customs, law enforcement, um, but moving from that into like work ethic versus work overload so something that we had talked about recently was like how much we're working versus how much time we spend with our kids and so my father as mentioned had these two jobs right Mm -hmm. like he worked for 20 plus years as a teacher Mm -hmm. he worked at u.s customs doing graveyard shift from um i think it was like eight at night to eight in the morning something like that Mm. And, um, or like four to 12, like he, he worked a couple swing shifts in there. But before he passed, one of the things that he mentioned to me was that, yes, he had passed away with like banking a shit ton of vacation days from teaching. Mm -hmm. And he was very, very proud of that. But he also was like, I wish I would have, I wish I would have just used some of that. I wish I would have spent more time with you guys. Yep. And that was like something very shocking to hear for me because of his very intense work ethic. Like you get up on weekends, you get up at six and you start doing chores Mm -hmm. and you have stuff Mm -hmm. that you need to do because there's always things that need to get done around the house Mm -hmm. and then you can rest. Which never happened. Never. (laughs) But you know, for him to say something like that, mm-hmm. that he was like, I work too much was like, wow. And then you and I had a conversation mm-hmm. recently about just how much, how much we, we are working and you don't want to re- regret, have those regrets or miss out on things with your kid. Absolutely. My mom said the same. My mom was a school teacher forever and ever. And then a, an administrator. And she, when she retired, finally, um, said the same thing she had like an exit interview with the superintendent and was talking about it and she had literally hundreds of hours of sick and vacation that she never took because she had to work the work ethic right and after all and she said and I sat across from him and it didn't matter that thing she was so proud of didn't matter and instead what mattered to her is that those numbers represented the field trips she didn't go on with us, mm-hmm. my sister and I. The, the birthdays that happened in the middle of the week that she didn't say, let's just stay home today. The, the times that she could have just been a mom, but thought it's so important for me to be there, to be at work, and then to see it just sort of be dismissed. Um, so yeah, we had that conversation as very, a very similar sentiment. Well, at least your mom now has an opportunity to enjoy time with you and she does and your daughter and with family and whatnot. So that's, I mean, that's, at least she has that and and appreciates it differently. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. appreciates it totally differently. But yes, it it had us talking about um, just this culture of work and what's the difference between overworking and having a work ethic. Okay, so tell me, what, what is work ethic for you? Work ethic for me is that you're going to get the job done when you say you're going to get it done. Um, it means that you are not going to take shortcuts because it makes your life easier. You're going to do it the right way. And that even if it's hard, you're going to get through that, that task or that mission, that goal. You're going to get through it, even if it's hard. Okay, agreed. I look at it like... Um so there are some things in my in, in the job that I do as an advocate that scare the hell out of me, right? But I do it anyway. Right. I don't really like public speaking. That's part of my job. I do it anyway. Yep. Um, meeting deadlines and doing and following through, doing things that you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we have talked about work ethic in terms of Generation X versus Gen Z, or mm-hmm. even. Um, one thing that I have noticed within my own experience is the further down or further away from immigrants, f- family members, the more lax your work ethic is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a line between work ethic and work overload. Right. Because we know that some of some of our immigrant families have worked one, two, three jobs to be uh, able to put yeah. food on the table, afford rent, and send back yes. to family at home. That's right. And be able to, you know, even do some extra things like vacation or mm-hmm. college for your kids. Mm-hmm. Or a car for a kid or, or yeah, whatever. Whatever it may be. Yep. Little extras. Because sometimes even... Having your kid in a in an extracurricular activity could mean an extra job mm-hmm. for some individuals, right? So there's, you know, we've talked about it in those in those pieces where that work ethic has meant that you have bettered yourself from wherever it is that you may have migrated or whatever circumstance you may have had before. Mm-hmm. But then, where is that like work overload? Yeah. That you've missed from these individuals who have really, really tried to provide a better life, but may have provided that better life at the sacrifice of living that life with you. Well, because there's a, a pride, like there's this orgullo that comes with the hustle. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. they're a hustler. This We have friends that we say like, oh my God, that she's a hustler. Right. Three jobs, raising grandkids, doing the things, hustler. And you have respect, for, like that's to be proud of. That's a, that's respect for that person. And then there's other jobs where you, you know, you get into the high level tiers of making six figures and whatever, and you're working 50 and 60 and 80 hour weeks. And it's like this culture of excellence, right? Like this high elite, I don't know. I don't even know what those jobs are. Hedge funds. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is. Like hedge funds, you save money to put bushes in front of your house. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is. But like that kind of thing, right? When people start talking in, in Wall Street terms and shit. Mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. crazy jobs or attorney's jobs or whatever. And now I find myself and you, I know, working these crazy ass hours sometimes. And I'm like, the the realization hits me when I think, my fam I worked really I have worked extraordinarily hard to have the family that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Didn't think I would have children for many reasons and then I was very blessed with a bonus child who I didn't have to give birth to, thank God. And then a, a <laughs> child that I did have to give birth to. And uh I'm I don't take that for granted for a minute. I don't. My husband is amazing I also don't take that for granted for a minute because I had the opposite I had quite the opposite so they don't deserve my raggedy ass tired over it cynical bullshit after working so much that I can't handle even like I'm overpeopled I can't deal any fucking more they don't deserve that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think about and me doing all that shit Am I going to look back on a career and like do my exit interview with whoever the fuck I do my exit interview and they're going to be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So your replacement is 
blah, 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 blah. Like, right. That's a lot. It, it, it's a lot to consider. And I, you know, along those lines with, am I doing enough to um, provide? Mm-hmm. There's the, am I doing enough to enjoy? And, and, and sometimes that's hard because it's like, you know what? I can't enjoy if I can't provide. Yes. And that's, that's it tough. right there. That's hard. Is we've, we've gotten into a cultural mindset of the money equals the ability to be happy mm-hmm. and thrive. Not love, not, you know, a happy home, not, no. We're like, no, if, if we can't go on a vacation every year, if we can't drive these certain cars, if we can't do X, Y, Z, then we're not reaching that level of success. So we've gone beyond, um, way beyond the basics. And, and, and still for people of color, particularly women, there's this idea that the hustle means you're pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. That's what you're supposed to do to make it. And, that hustle also means that you've got to balance being hard, hardcore and hustling as a parent, mm-hmm. as a homemaker, and as a provider. Yep. And those three things sometimes don't have like any kind of equilibrium between them. Because if you are letting your house go, then you're not being a hustler in the home. Right. If you aren't always showing up at your kids is shit or if you can't afford to pay for them to be in x y and z football or theater right you're not doing the hustle yep and if you're not going to work and providing and that's a hell of strain and there's only 24 hours in a mm-hmm. day for you to, to try to do all of these three hustles at the same time yeah and and we have this i mean you know, if someone tells you like, oh yeah, I use all my vacation time and work a very balanced schedule. You're not like, fuck yeah, dude, badass. <laughs> you're like, ma, well, I worked 60 hours last week. Like there's this sense of pride that comes with it instead of being like, fuck yeah, dude, balance. Like that's what you need to do. I mean, you don't, you know, I don't brag about like, I binged seven seasons of whatever the fuck on Netflix and tasted every Ben and Jerry's flavor last weekend. And people be like, fuck yeah, dude. No, that's not. But if you're like, oh my God, I've been working so much. There's this acceptance that, oh yeah, that's, you're on the hustle. You're doing good. You must be doing good if that's what you're doing. No, that is When in reality, you should be telling my ass I'm doing good if I tasted all the Ben and Jerry's flavors. Like I made it through the catalog, people. (laughs) That is a success. That's what I need a medal for, a bonus. You know what? I, yes, I, I would absolutely drink to that. I wish I could taste all of the Ben and Jerry's. I cannot, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, that was so funny. It derailed my fucking thoughts though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know what? The other thing I think about, and my mom used to mention this back in the day when she was an administrator. She used to say like, some of these teachers, they have a lot. They have a lot on their plate, the, the paperwork requirements and the state requirements and the testing requirements. It's a lot. And so, and they don't have time in the day to do these kinds of things because they have kids with them at all times. So it's very difficult. And then she also said, you know, she would leave work and, and there would be teachers there all weekend until 10 o'clock at night. And she'd be like, what are you doing all day that you're at? the schoolhouse till 10 o'clock at night like at what point do we say are you just inefficient or and and that's a truth right like some people overwork because they don't have anything else going on at home they're avoiding an actual life their personal relationships are shit or or they need to be needed in the work environment like that need i need they need me they need me at work. They, I need to work these 60 hours because if I don't, everything will fall to shit. How true that is or not is a different thing, but that perception that I'm needed here. Mm. This is my importance. This is my worth is if I do this. If I work those 60 hours, I'm worth something because the tenets of white supremacy in America have said that to be true. Mm. Interesting. Okay. 
Well, what where I was derailed by your wittiness was the thought process on the single worker versus the familial worker. Mm-hmm. And we both have been both, right? Sure. For good parts of our career. Like Absolutely. We've, we've had our kids later in life. So the first part of my career, and granted a lot of my work history was uh, around LGBTQ issues or mm-hmm. in organizations. Sure. So there were quite a few of us who didn't have kids because of our relationships or status or what have you. There's There was not a whole lot of my colleagues who had kids at the time. Mm-hmm. So the expectation of a single person to have to to live breathe everything work was different than a than a parent now that I am a parent it's almost like I'm seeing the flip side of like well the expectation is there but I have family Mm -hmm. like you can't really expect me to work the 20 hours a day because I've got kids like don't fault me because I want to go watch them in their symphony concert or whatever right and it's looked down upon like yeah oh oh, you have to go do the mom thing Mm, yeah Mm. like no I'm excited about that okay we'll just get someone else to do it then right and then you're like shit is this gonna affect me down the line yeah is this gonna look negatively on my personnel record or whatever because I didn't do it that one time because I said I had to go to a bake sale or whatever the hell it was. Right. Yeah, it's crap. Why? And there was, so there was actually a Stanford University study that says after 50 hours of working in a week, the productivity levels decline significantly. And after 55 hours, it's pretty much fucking pointless for people to be working because people aren't meant to do that. That's not normal. So there are studies that say this is not success. This is not, you know, what we should be basing as a goal on every for everyone. And uh, I don't know. It's very interesting. It, it's we need to push and normalize basing performance or success on performance and not ours. What did you do? What did you get done? Did you do all the shit you were supposed to do and do it well and have like these successes in there that we should celebrate versus Amanda worked 80 hours this week. We should really be giving her a piece of cake, but she's passed out at her desk because she's too tired. (laughs) Like, you know. I don't know. Where do you pin that ribbon on? But so my question would be like, I would love to blame colonizer issues or colonization on this but Mm. when you look back at the colonizer Europe right they take vacation well now not when they were spreading smallpox that was no absolutely no (laughs) true (laughs) but like if you look at how Europe does their vacation and stuff they're like no they're legit get the fuck out the office so where did where did what happened? What happened? Did did the colonizers just give us go spread small poxy? Yeah, and then we just took it from there, and we're like, oh, we got to spread it twenty four seven. I would say though, who still gets to do that? No, you're right. The people okay. at the top, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not the worker bees. The the fucking one percenters, the people who are they're they're not going to work every day. They're not doing that shit. They have people who have people who have people who do that shit. They're not those people. So they have a freaking list of humans who work for them and do things for them. And not to take away from the entrepreneur who has started themselves up from nothing, not to take away. That happens. It does happen. However, the likelihood of that happening for people born in particular zip codes, for people born to particular skin colors. Thank you. That's not a given. That's, it, it may be easier today than it's been in our history as America, but it's not a given. That's for damn sure. And the fight is five times as hard, depending on your melanin content. So I don't know. I, I have issues with... Um, you have issues. I, straight up, obviously. If you've listened to this whole episode, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it is. It's... I think there are still people who do that, who have the vacations in the Catskills. What the fuck is that even? I don't, I don't know where that is. Somebody said that something today about 
Hilton's Head. They're going on vacation to Hilton's Head. The fuck is that? I thought the Hilton was a hotel. I didn't know they had a head. What is that happening? I don't even know. Dude, you know that guy's originally from New Mexico? Um, Damn. I know, right? So nothing has shown what you were talking about, about who gets to take that time and who doesn't, like the pandemic. Mm, Exactly. Because the pandemic really showed. And even though we were as, I'll say as a country, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but as a country, we were like first responders, which yes, absolutely, essential workers, And then that's going to drop the fuck off after we start taking off our masks because we forget who those essential workers are who fed us. Mm -hmm. And even now, some of those essential workers who pick our food are not given any, no matter how hard their work ethic is, 60 hours, 80 hours, whatever it is, no one's giving those people out in the fields or the people in the livestock industry who are slaughtering our food for us to be able to go to El Guarmar and wherever shopping center to get our food. No one's considering them essential, even though they are incredibly essential and we take them for granted. Absolutely. And they have some of the hardest work ethic or like the most on point work ethic, the biggest hustle, whatever you want to call it, then you know, they do more in one day than I would probably get done in a week because they, they hustle. And, and there's a difference in this like brain labor and physical labor, right? You can work hard and not leave your computer and you can work hard and work in a field 12, 15 hours a day. There's these different levels. And what we don't consider is the tax that we're paying with our bodies for either of those situations, the tax that we're paying on our personal relationships mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. either of those situations, there is a, you you pay the piper. My dad used to say that shit and he used to annoy the crap out of me when I was a teenager. You got to pay the piper. You got to pay the piper, kid. Like, not, there ain't shit free. True. So you have to earn it some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. And what sacrifice are you going to make? What time are you giving what body part are you giving literally for some people? What are you giving and what is your return? And is it worth it? So, ah, I don't know. There's so much. There's so, so much to uh, consider when we start talking about the factors involved in, in overworking. And, and when do we say, I would love to normalize people taking their vacation. I mean, for a minute here, because I was a teacher here in southern new mexico for several years and there was a minute where teachers were penalized for taking sick leave yeah they would be docked off of their evaluation so they could be a star teacher excellent student connections excellent output excellent test scores excellent connections with parents but they took five sick days and it would drop their score down and they work in a fucking petri dish it's a of petri germs. dish that had to be because i worked on the flip side of that that had to be a law that enacted that said you don't get docked for your sick or vacation right that's fucked up like how are we doing that to people so i would love to normalize you know what like bitch i got to rest today mm-hmm. on a tuesday like hell yeah good for you you took some time to do you and walk around target like mm-hmm. That should be normalized. And I still am supporting my family. And I'm still, you know, I went to my kid's band concert and took two days off in the middle of the week. And I didn't have to work 87 hours the week before to make up for me taking two days off. Right. All that we need to normalize because we've said this before, but our people are resilient as fuck and they shouldn't have to keep proving it. So when are you running for president again? Never. Oh, okay president of the wine club i tried you know what i tried people i tried to get her to run it can't happen yeah what would my platform be drink more wine and (laughs) don't fall on your kids toys (laughs) 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 we'll bend legos it's terrible this is your this would be your your uh your running platform you are listening to the Bocha podcast, the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. That's it. 
and we're going from trabajo to May being a month that we celebrate API Heritage Month. What, the, what is that, Kat? Tell us about API. So API Heritage Month is a month that we celebrate. So, you know, we have, well, maybe you don't, but we have months throughout the year in the U.S. and maybe around the world where we celebrate different um, different individuals from uh, around the country. So there is, we've celebrated before with the, with the podcast, um, Latina Heritage Month, which is in September 16th through October. February is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Yay! Shout out to Steph Ho and uh, Ho Hawaiian Soap. If you're not following them on Instagram and buying their soap, you should do that right this minute. Um, I'm not going to... I'll I'll say that your Mother's Day gift, which I haven't gotten, that I didn't bring with me tonight, may or may not be from (gasps) Ho Hawaiian Soap Company. Maybe. their soap i know and they love you so much they told me which ones you like so dang they have me they have me on a list they do i like it (laughs) so um this is a this is a time of celebration but also a time of just noting and acknowledging Mm -hmm. that there is some shit going down with our api brothers and sisters absolutely so one is that Interestingly, in history, the first immigration um, policy that the United States had was actually against Chinese individuals. So it wasn't like they were after Mexicans or Mm -hmm. or um, his quote unquote Hispanic people. No, the first piece of policy was actually an anti-Chinese piece. Um, And Mm -hmm. again, it was because they were coming uh, individuals from Asia were coming over and taking jobs that other people didn't want weren't you know gonna do the labor for and it was cheaper than um and so that was the first immigration policy yeah um and also in recent history asian individuals are getting blamed for covid yes and it's turning into violent expressions so we've seen the seen the news headlines about shootings in Atlanta, and let's not get it twisted. The guy may have said one thing about sex, but really, the only people that he targeted were Asians, because they provoked him, motherfucker. And there have been some attacks on Asian communities and Asian community members mm-hmm. around the country. And that's just shitty and wrong. It's let's so just, shitty. Yeah, let's just point it out. That's and, just shitty and wrong. And just point blank racist. Like, you are... These personal biases that we talked about earlier that are... Everyone has them. To deny them is to not introspect. And if we're not introspecting, we cannot grow. So, somebody put that on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> but, yes. To make it sound like, oh, that wasn't racist. He was just kind of like this fucked up sex addict no no there was a very specific population he was after just like many of these attacks are happening specifically because people are asian of asian heritage and it's um they are you know the chinese people like you were talking about this immigration the first laws and and trying to keep people out and creating these barriers are happening alongside them building the majority of our railroad system Mm -hmm. which is what like progress in this country was founded upon black and chinese people were building the shit that we were able to grow from as a country to be become quote-unquote civilized nation so that's some bullshit and we also saw it in world war ii right yep where we had japanese internment camps some internment camps here in new mexico yep um so this is not the first time. It's not. And we don't My learn. My God, I hope it's the last time. We don't learn. One of the things that stands out to me in that, like, whatever thought process you have about blaming any one individual is completely off base is because an acquaintance of ours mutually legit thought that at the beginning of the pandemic that you caught you got corona <laughs> from drinking coronas 
And they suffered. That company suffered initially. Yes. From the name because there, she wasn't the only person. No, but that, and that's my point. It's like, yep. if you're going to buy into this, yes. you're getting Corona from a beer. My God, like how many brain cells does it like, you have to rub both of those brain cells <laughs> together. Start a fire, bitch. To, to get, I don't know, to get something going. But it's that same mentality of believing yeah. a very a very obvious fallacy. Mm-hmm. It's that same mentality that believes that, that believes like that it's Chinese people or Asian people's fault. And then even shittier is that you can't differentiate the different individuals that encompass API, uh, the API community, that you're attacking everybody in the API community. Right. Well, and what is that about? What is that rooted in? Racism. White supremacy. Completely. Like ego, ego, ego. I have to find a scapegoat because surely this shit ain't my fault. It has to be somebody else's fault. What the fuck is that? What there again, our lack of ability to introspect is so harmful. It is so fucking harmful. Our our lack of and I say our and I don't mean e because we're obviously not these people these people (laughs) but our our lack of of interest like i just want the soundbite and to be pissed at whatever group the news the social media the meme fucking told me to be pissed at that's what i'm gonna do that day and and generalize it to all the people who look like that it's it's shocking to me because let me tell you people if you haven't figured this out already because i'm old and i've been through some shit there are assholes in every color, shape, and size, and <laughs> that's just the fucking truth. So, but how soon they forget that we, the dude on the twenty dollar bill, legitimized giving blankets to indigenous populations that had pox on them, like they got them sick. Like if anybody should be blamed for getting people sick and fucking dying, like it should be us. Well. America, hello. And we, you know, and and then there are people who say like if you call out anything about American society or the way that we live or the way that we have treated particular minority groups, minority, quote unquote, underserved populations, whatever, then you are anti-American. You're not a patriot. And I say, you know what? If we can't point out our own flaws and learn from them and do better, we're not shit to begin with. But I don't want to be Debbie Downer on this because there is kind of a, I mean. Buenas horas. Have you heard the whole episode? (laughs) (laughs) Not that that this um, makes up for or validates or anything, but there was one piece, one story about an individual who had attacked two people in one day. So the, this is not funny, but I know where you're going with this. So the first, the first person that this individual attacked was a male, kind of older gentleman. And then the second person that, that um, this gentleman had attacked, allegedly, I should say, because he's sure, not been sure. convicted, all Whatever. of the things, yeah, was an older woman who actually defended herself. Mm-hmm. She got a palo, and she beat him, and they ended up taking his ass on a stretcher to the hospital because she defended herself, but he attacked two Asian individuals in one day. And she showed him what was up. And she showed him what was up. And even better is that they started, like her grandson started a GoFundMe for her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, nah, you know what? I don't need this, but the community needs this money from the GoFundMe. Oh my God, I love it. And there's a shirt that's out there um, that was created by an Asian individual. And I can't off the top of my brain remember Mm -hmm. it, but that had the uh the like a caricature of the uh the woman with a with her palo like getting ready to defend herself and one of our friends purchased the shirt because i was like dude this shirt is what did the shirt say so i don't remember what it said but it had the old like a caricature of the old lady with a palo like fuck come get it yeah out. fuck around and find <laughs> out bitch because I, I, I mean i love it she was damn like in her 80s defending oh, herself on the God. street like don't fuck with Pobrecita. me son i will teach you good for her right 
And, and again, I will repeat, put it on a t-shirt. Our people are resilient and we shouldn't have to keep being resilient. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Her. No, it is. The shirt does say fuck around and find out. Boom. Fuck around and find out. Okay. I thought I, I thought I had that familiar in my head. <laughs> fuck around and find out. I love that. I love that. I don't love that she had to do that, but I love that she did and was able to defend herself because lots of grannies. Come on. Let's face it. If you're 80. If that was my abuela that that happened to. Oh my God. Yeah. I would be, I would, I would like, I would pay a mole in prison to find him and then beat him and fuck around and find out. It's too much. Right? It's too much. It's too much. And, you know, and the racism factor goes deep. We've talked about before attacks on street vendors and now weather's getting warmer. Things are getting nicer. Cities are opening up because people are getting vaccinated and all the things. People are masking up and doing what they need to do. And now people are attacking the paleteros again, no. the eloteros again. Like, what is that? We need to get the brown berets out there to help out our paleteros and our and our I don't get vendors. it. I don't get it. I I just like, oh damn, man. They I, need to, so so those communities, those racist communities, need someone to blame, and they're like, yes, who's not like me? Let's blame them. Yep. And and sometimes it's our own people too. Like shit's hard. Times are hard. And again, back to that. What is? How do I put food on the table today? And surviving might overtake my empathy for a person who looks like me and is working hard out on the street selling whatever they sell. That might override my thinking in that day. Me eating and my kids eating might override that. There's that. I think there's also how close am I in proximity to that whiteness, regardless of, I mean, I don't want to downplay what you were saying because yes, that is very, very true. Yes. And then there's also just the lighter skinned Latine or of color that I am. How am I, how closely am I aligning myself? Yep. And if I'm going to align myself, then I need someone else to blame. And that, that does go back to the, uh, our family came here the right way. Exactly. At, at the end of the day, it's fucking complicated. True. There's no one answer. There's no one path because we've all had such a complicated upbringing. However many years you've been on this planet, in whatever country, in whatever society, you bring with you that bias when we acknowledge it is when we start to make change and grow as people. So introspect people, introspect. At that intersection of brown pride and assimilation, there are several esquinas. Totally. There are several parts at play. We're so smart. <gasps> are you sure you don't want to run for president? No. Of the wine club. I totally. I would be behind you. No. Nah. No? Because mm. uh, then people be all judging you and shit. Man, if they comb through all of our background shit, Mm-mm. you know how you no, know how they do done. in political campaigns. Like, they go through and see, like, what pedo you made in 1984, que se, if you have yeah. racing stripes on your chones. No. I would be so fucked. You know what the number one reason that I can't run for president? Mm. My dog doesn't know how to behave. <laughs> You know, the White House dogs are like all like, groomed and act right. <laughs> Y'all know my dog does not act right. None of our four act right. I tell you what. So that's that's it right there. Dogs and children. None <laughs> of our four. Yes, exactly. Yes. My kid and my dog are licking the White House window. And there are paparazzi recording the event. Yes. Excellent. This is going to go well. Okay. But if you had the Oval Office, you know, Biden has um, uh, Cesar Chavez, a bust of Cesar Chavez in his office. Who would you have? Selena. Okay. Fair enough. Hello. And there would be a button where you push it and it would be like, no me queda más. (laughs) (laughs) It would sing. Yes. What's uh, your outfit for today? It's the purple bell bottom <laughs> outfit that she wore at the Astrodome. Yes. Yes. With a purple fur coat. I couldn't get away with that. I would probably just be like the suit with the purple tie <laughs> that matches the purple outfit. It's fine. All the things. 
Kat, this is the Pocha Podcast. This is the Pocha Podcast. Where do we live, Charlene? We live at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation every single day. And you can find us on all the places where you listen to podcasts. Because Kat, you are amazing and you make sure that that happens for people. You can now find us on a YouTube channel. We have exactly one video up. <laughs> and it is our interview with the amazing Sofia Segovia. For now. For now. You know, I, you, now that we have the Loteria... Um, Two different sets. Yes. Well, three, technically, if you do old school Original. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. We might do a video of us playing. I think that's great. I think we should. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're there. Um, we have a little website through Podbean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find us there. Bochapodcast.com. We also, we also appreciate your feedback. We so do. if there's something you want to hear more of, less of all of the things hit us up yeah um and you can send us an email if you have something you think we uh, need to know um we need to do let us need know. to read what's our email pocha podcast at gmail.com there you go if you want to sponsor us we are i know uh, right really taking sponsors right now <laughs> if you are a winemaker we are particularly interested <laughs> <laughs> we do wine tasting between the hours of 8 a.m and 8 a.m <laughs> Sunday to Sunday. So, yes, this is Episodio 26, episode 26 of the Pocha Podcast. We've appreciated you being on the ride with us. Keep it tuned here for more excitingness coming forward. Yes. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.